Good morning and happy Christmas to you. <laughs> Welcome to Bankery Christian Fellowship Church on this Christmas Day, 2021, 25th of December. And uh, it's good to have you all with us. If you're listening here or if you're listening in on YouTube, welcome to you. Um, we're here to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think it is just so fitting that we can actually do that together. We have the freedom to do it and we have the opportunity to do it. And we'll be worshipping by praying, by singing and by listening to the word of God, what, what God has spoken to us about his son. Well, it's good to be with you. It's been very nice to be able to be up here uh, with mum and dad and good to be with you. Well, yesterday we were here last night and my family were earlier in the week as well. The point I want us to see from this passage this morning is very simple. We find joy, true, lasting joy, when we fall down and worship Jesus like the wise men. That's what we learn from this passage. There are many things that make us rejoice, make us happy at Christmas. Uh, maybe we've enjoyed some this morning. Family, presents, holiday, food. I remember as a boy, uh, Christmas was the one day of the year where I was allowed to have sweets before breakfast. Has anyone else here? I wonder if anyone else here has had sweets before breakfast. I know two people have, yes. <laughs> yes. Has anyone had here, here had sweets instead of breakfast? Ah, oh, yes, one person. Good job. Good job, Victor. I used to have a sugar mouse before breakfast. It was excellent. Mum used to get it every year. It was green. Fantastic. But a sugar mouse at breakfast, it didn't make me as happy as Jesus made these wise men. Verse 10, it says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. I don't know exactly what wise men from ancient Babylonia would do to show their joy, but perhaps they were jumping up and down. Perhaps they were slapping one another on the back, cheering and whooping. Maybe they were just smiling and very happy on the inside. But at Christmas, we celebrate we celebrate the birth of Jesus, that God himself came to earth, that the Son of the Father, God from God, was made man, fully God and fully man, by the power of the Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. But the thing is, in this passage, not everyone rejoices at the birth of Jesus. There are many people in this passage. There is Herod, uh, all of Jerusalem, the scribes, not all of them rejoice. And so it shows us that Jesus does not simply bring joy no matter what. It depends on what you and I do with him. And so for the rest of our time, we're going to think about three things we can do with Jesus, three options, if you like, uh, one by one, and we'll go through them. And only one of them leads to joy. Firstly, then, some people hate Jesus like Herod. Verse 1, it says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. 
Herod was not pleased to hear the news that Jesus was born. For him, it was not news that he wanted to celebrate. It troubled him, it disturbed him, and it did so deeply. And it looks in this passage as if he was helping these wise men, but if you read on, of course, he wasn't. He was just trying to find out where he lived so that he could go and kill him. And because he doesn't find out, he goes and has all the boys in the area killed. He hated Jesus. The mere thought of him was disgusting. He reacted to Jesus a bit like how I used to react to Brussels sprouts, except even more strongly. And if we're wondering why, of course, it's obvious that the wise men came up to him and said, where is the one born king of the Jews? And Herod thought that he was the king of the Jews. And he knew that you can only have one king. Only one person gets to decide who's in charge. Only one person is going to be in decide. Only one person gets to decide what's going to happen. He knew that. He wanted it to be him. And so Jesus had to go. And Herod, though unique in one sense, is not in another. A lot of people are deeply troubled by Jesus. Because Jesus is not only a king of a small nation 2,000 years ago. As Dad read that passage this morning from Philippians, he is the great king above all kings. He is the king at whose knee everyone will bow. He is the one who gets to rule us. He comes to us with an agenda, with commands. And sometimes people find that deeply disturbing and they want rid of him. I mean, perhaps there is someone here like that. Perhaps you've been brought here. You've been brought here by your family. You're keeping the peace. And you might pretend like Herod that you, you know, you're here and you're happy. But deep down, you, you, don't, you don't want Jesus. You want to keep him away. And even if we're Christians, I think all of us will know something of what Herod felt. Jesus asked us to do this, and we're like, ah. But if we're Christians, we also know that to bow down before Jesus is to be lifted up to heaven. To lose our lives by having Jesus rule our lives is to find our lives. We know there is no one more wise or powerful or loving as Jesus. His service is perfect freedom. His law is true liberty. To take his yoke upon us is to find rest for our souls. And so if we're Christians, in the end, we, we're like the wise men. We bow down before him. And we do so with great joy. Because we know that he will do a much better job of ruling our lives than we will. In the end, Herod was a fool twice over. Firstly, because no matter what he did, Jesus was still the great king of the world, and nothing he could do was going to stop that. But secondly, he hated the one person who could bring him true joy. And he died a miserable man. But many people hate Jesus like Herod. Secondly, some ignore him like the scribes. Verse 3, it says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. 
And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now the scribes, they were experts in their Bible. They, they knew their Bibles upside down and back to front. They'd been to the college I'd been to and plastered with flying colours. I, I remember once, actually, when I was growing up, that uh, our church had a quiz. And if you got the, qui- the answer to this, this question right in the quiz, you won a pack of Pokemon cards. I was very sad. I was not there that day, and I couldn't win the pack. Never mind. But the scribes, they would have won it no problem. Easy peasy. So you can imagine Herod coming to them and saying, where's the Messiah going to be born? And they're like, ah, oh, were you not paying attention in Sunday school? Bethlehem. And maybe you're like that this morning. I wonder who here knew that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. I imagine most of us did. I wonder as well, I imagine many of us here knew or know many of the prophecies about Jesus. And the scribes, they did. They knew them. They turned to Micah 5. Look, here it is. They are very clever. But the thing is, that's all they did. And that makes them very stupid indeed. I, um, I went to Cambridge, and that place was full of people who are very clever and at the same time very stupid. In fact, uh, my mum liked to say that I was one of them. I used to come home from school and she'd say, Ed, you seem to be doing well in your classes, but I think you must leave your brain in your locker. Very rude. Uh, I remember one time, no, I, to be fair, uh, I managed to drop my laptop in a water tank at the top of a cupboard in my bedroom. I am aware that water and laptops don't agree, but uh, on that day I seem to forget. But anyway, I digress. Think about that prophecy that these scribes read out. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, I by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That prophecy, as they well knew, was saying that the one born in Bethlehem all those years ago would finally be a king who would come and would rule with concern for the least of the people. He would be a just king. He would be the king who would sit on David's throne and fulfill all the prophecies of the Messiah. He would be the one who would bring everlasting peace to God's people. And these wise men turn up and they say, we think he's been born, and they don't even bother to go and look for him. They thought they knew Micah 5 verse 2, but if they really knew Micah 5 verse 2, they'd have gone off their backsides and gone and fallen at the feet of Jesus and worshipped him. And there are many in churches in this country full of people who are just like the scribes. They know their Bibles back to front, upside down. They know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. They know the prophecies about them, but does it make a difference to their life? And again, I guess as Christians, we, we can feel that, can't we? Not in the same way, not like, quite like the scribes, but we think, if only I really believed what I say I believe, then of what peace I would know, how much less anxious I would be, how much more joyful, how much more generous and Christ-like. And in this, in this sense, the passage is encouraging us to say, 
to, to pray, Lord, help me to believe my beliefs. Help me to really know what I say I know and to doubt what I doubt. But if we are Christians, then in the end, Jesus is not to you just a curiosity that you know about. He is the pearl of great price who you have sold all for and you've done so in joy. And that brings us to the wise men. And the Christians like wise men, the wise men worship him. These wise men, they travel for miles and months to find a king from a distant land. They see the star and understand its significance. They find the Christ. They see him. They fall down and they worship him as their king. They fall down before him as their king. They worship him as their God. That is what a Christian does. They see Jesus with the eyes of faith. They submit to him as their king. They say, Jesus, you get to, do, you get to tell me what to do. They worship him as their God. And just as the wise men offered their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, Christian will offer their whole lives in worship to this God. And in the process, they find great joy. And of course, the reason for that is obvious, isn't it? That, that baby, that little baby was not just a baby boy. We celebrate at Christmas that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, and that by coming to know him, we come to know God himself. What can be big enough to eternally delight the human heart? Where is deep and lasting joy to be found? As the great man Augustine said, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. He is the one who gives us turkeys and sugar mice and chocolate. He is the one who gives us our family and our friends and holiday. He is the source of all that is good in this world. And we come to know him. We come to know the greatest being that there is and we find great joy.